podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the moment of the evening every K-State fan enjoys. Settle down and pour a whiskey, crack open a LaCroix. Please put your hands together and make a little noise for your favorite wildcatters, the handsome Bosco boys. Boom! The boys are back, and what a week it was in the world of K-State Athletics. we got a great show coming to you guys. We will be touching on both basketball and football recruiting. Both sports got uh, some great recruiting wins, and I'm going to talk about why those recruiting wins are exactly the waters that these programs need to be fishing in, and need to be winning in. We're also going to talk about any portal needs for both basketball, football. We're going to talk about Mr. K-State Ernie Barrett and the NFL draft that is coming up this week. But before we do, folks, if you thought it was a big week for K-State athletics, it is a massive week for Manhattan Brewing Company. That's right. Tell all your friends they are coming to Kansas City this week. Both sides of the state line. On the 25th and 26th. So on Tuesday and Wednesday, they're going to be doing launch parties. One at Barley's Overland Park on Tuesday. And the other at Barley's at the Midland, in the Midland on the 26th. They will have four beers at each location. And you can now get cans at liquor stores in Kansas City. Folks, now is the time. If your liquor store in the Kansas City Metro does not have... Manhattan Brewing Company 4-Packs, politely but firmly tell them that you want it. Now is the time, my friends. All of the hard work by all of us in the Kansas City Metro has paid off. Tuesday and Wednesday, Tuesday in Overland Park, Wednesday in the Midland area. Folks, it is time. Check out Barley's and it's the launch party. Manhattan Brewing Company is finally in the Kansas City Metro. Tell your friends. All right, let's get into it. What a week. What a week it was. And I, I want to start, and let's start uh, probably with the big one. This is the one that everyone's going to be talking about, and that's basketball. David Castillo, a five-star recruit, depending on you know which recruiting service you look at, the guy's either top 20, top 30 recruit in the nation, point guard coming to Manhattan, Kansas to do his basketball career. Now, he was someone who his final three was Oklahoma State. He's from Bartlesville. Uh, so, you know, that that is where the Oklahoma State connection came. Uh, the next one, KU. Look, this guy went on multiple visits to Lawrence. They brought him in on an official visit uh, just two months ago in late February this is a guy KU 100% wanted and Bill Self wanted relatively badly. Uh, you know, KU fans are probably, I, I've seen it on Twitter, they're trying to say, oh, we didn't really want this guy, blah, 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 blah. No, they brought him in 
on an official visit for a game. They put the full court press on this kid, and he's still coming to K-State. He's a five-star, six-foot-one point guard out of Bartlesville, Oklahoma, playing for the one and only Clint Stewart. Uh, you know, hopefully, maybe next week, we, you know, I'm just going to keep this between you and me. I'm trying to get Clint Stewart on the show. We, we might just succeed, and we might get to talk to the legend himself, Clint Stewart. Now, this recruiting win is absolutely massive. Not only are you getting a guy who is a five-star recruit, um, th- there's no get like th- there's no way to detract from this guy. This guy is amongst the cream of the crop, the top of the top. This is one of the best players in the class of 2024. He was on Team USA and he was a star for Team USA at the U17 FIBA World Cup. So what did he do? He went to the world stage. He played against the best of the best, not only in America, but in the entire world at his age group. And he was one of the best players in the tournament. If you look at the history of K-State recruiting, this guy is just a step behind Wally Judge. You know, it goes Michael Beasley, Bill Walker, Wally Judge, and now David Castillo. This is the fourth best recruit in the history of K-State basketball. This is a head-to-head win with Bill Self and the Kansas Jayhawks. And this is a recruitment that Jerome Tang hit out of the park so much, all sorts of other schools tried to get involved with him. Gonzaga tried to get involved with him. All sorts of other Blue Bloods tried to get involved with him. And this is a statement win for Jerome Tang in this basketball program. You look at the you know top 25 recruiting class that they had last year with RJ Jones, Day Day Ames, and uh, Michaela Bridge. You know, all three of those guys are four stars. I think Day Day and RJ were in the top 100, Michaela Bridge in the top 125. These three guys really said, All right, hey, look, th- this is something that Jerome Tank can do. But David Castillo is a step up on that and folks I don't they they might not be done for the 2024 recruiting class when you want to talk about big time blue chip recruits now we'll have to wait and see how that rolls out Um, but this was a massive win and when you listen to what uh, David Castillo has said in media when you hear what he said at his commitment it truly was a culture fit it truly was Jerome Tang and his coaching staff selling him on a vision to compete at the highest level in college basketball in the Big 12 and gun for a national title. Now, college basketball is changing. Um, College basketball is drastically different today than it was five years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago. And... I don't know. I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, David Castillo is going to be a day one starter uh, in every five-star. Oh, yeah, he he could be a one-and-done. I'm not going to tell you this because I have no idea what the roster is going to look like, you know, a year and a half from now, you know, 2024, uh, October, when when we're getting ready for our exhibition games. Uh, Because I don't know. Nobody knows. But what I will tell you is the... 
four guys, the four high school recruits that Jerome Tang has been able to go after, and, and I'm I'm not including Dorian Finister and Taj Manning, who might be fine players, but those are kind of, you know, <laughs> high school guys that wants a couple of weeks, handful of weeks. Um, but you look at these four guys, and he is building a level of talent at the entry level that is what you see at year-end, year-out contending-type teams. You know, the the transfer portal, and we're going to talk about the transfer portal here in a little bit. But in, in modern college basketball, the transfer portal, I would argue, is probably even more important than your high school recruiting. But what I, I think Jerome Tang started to do last year, and I think he's going to do this year, is set your team up for success by bringing in three top 100 type guys, year in, year out. And if you have that baseline, if that's what you're working with, then hey, you get to develop, you get to recruit your own squad. If you have that baseline, if you have that core of talent uh, that you bring in and you're trying to find the finishing pieces in the portal, hey, you're looking for one true difference maker instead of looking, hey, we need four guys every year who are going to be the game changers for us. If K-State can do that zig while everyone else is zagging, uh, look out, folks. I mean, that is the recipe, I think, to make this team a contender year in, year out. And I think we've seen the blueprint from Jerome Tang, and I think we're going to see him uh, kind of attack roster building with that in mind. Everything Jerome Tang is doing is uh, with the mission of what do I need to do to get K-State to the promised land? Not just the Final Four, but cut down the nets in that NFL dome of a stadium that no one can actually really see what's going on. And while last year's class was great, this edition of David Castillo is that next level. And this is where, if K-State is going to be, you know, at its peak. If you're saying, best case scenario, Kansas State Wildcats basketball. These are the recruitments you have to win a few times a year. Now, this is what makes basketball different from football. And this is what makes, uh, you know, the the waters you want to see Jerome Tang winning in. Uh, and competing in recruiting different from what you expect and want to see from Chris Kleiman. And we're going to talk about K-State football because I think they grabbed a big-time recruit themselves on that same day. But if, if you can grab one or two guys who are at this level, whether it is a five-star or borderline five-star, beating out Kansas, beating out Gonzaga, not even letting the hometown teams get involved. Again, it wasn't just K-State, KU, and Oklahoma State. Yes, those were the finalists, but this guy was wanted from across the land. Again, he is a player who is one of the best ballers in the U-17 World Cup. You know, Florida wanted him. Arkansas went hard after him. And again, Arkansas is a team that if you want to talk about 
uh, you know, NIL, want to talk about recruiting prowess. Arkansas is one of the best in the nation. You know, Missouri went after him. Illinois, Brad Underwood went on him. Had no shot. LSU, Missouri, Texas, Texas Tech. Folks, this was the perfect recruiting win for what Jerome Tang wants to establish. Again, you grab one or two guys like this, grab another guy in the top 100, you set your baseline of grabbing three blue chips, three top 100 guys every single year, even in this ever-changing world of college basketball. If your baseline is, hey, homegrown, blue chip talent, I think he can take us where we want to go. I truly believe that. And that's what makes this Castillo uh, commitment even more exciting than the guys from last year. Jerome Tang is proving he can go head-to-head with anyone, anyone in the nation for high school kids. And I think it's just, you know, it's just like an added little bonus, added little bit of fun uh, that Clint Stewart was his head coach. Now, there's going to be plenty of high school guys that they're going to be going after. I I think, look, and, and Jerome Tang does not need my advice. He does not need my advice. Uh, but every single year, I would try to uh, bring in three high school recruits. I would like to see three guys come in um, from the transfer portal. I'd like to bring six new guys in every single year. Um I think that's the way college basketball is going. I, I, I think you need to stay old. You always need to be graduating, you know, four or five guys. I think you always have to have a bit of a backbone and run off your one or two worst players on the team to create room. I think that's where college basketball is going, and I think that's what Jerome Tang ultimately wants to do. He talks about wanting to stay old. You bring in those seniors through the transfer portal. You continue to find blue chip talent that you bring in as true freshmen and try to get them through the program. I think Jerome Tang is going about this the perfect way. Um, speaking of which, I, I can't remember when this news dropped. If it was before or last, or before or after the last show, but Anthony Thomas is transferring away. Um, he redshirted this past year. He was a JUCO pickup. Uh, he played like one year at Division One. Went JUCO. Redshirted here. He's going to find a new home. But I think that's what you need to do. Uh, Some folks might not like it. Some folks might see it as a little bit harsh. But look, that's what you need to do. You need to have guys who are never going to contribute for your team move on, create room to bring in transfers that will help you stay old. Every single senior night, you need to be having four or five guys being honored every single year. Uh, speaking of transfers, uh, it's going to be an interesting week. It's going to be a busy week. Last time we talked, we talked about, you know, will Aaron Estrada be coming in on a visit? Max Asmus was on campus the last time we were recording. Uh, Aaron Estrada never made it to campus. He decided he was going to go to Alabama down to Tuscaloosa. Um, so he's off the board. Max Asmus. Uh, had some weather uh, issues on his uh, visit. He was here for only about 24 hours. Um, he then later this past week had a visit with Texas. It sounds like everything I'm hearing, uh, it's a 50-50 K-State versus Texas. 
his announcement could be coming uh, any day. Uh, you know, from the from the moment you hear it, it could be happening this Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. It, it, it very well could be happening early this week. Um, so it, it it will be one that you need to win. If if K State wants to be back competing for a top four seed in the NCAA tournament, if K State wants to talk about competing for the Big Twelve, Max Asimus is a guy uh, that's going to help you get there. Um, absolute superstar at Oral Roberts for four years. He is a guy who can get bucket. Actually, it wasn't for four years. I think he transferred into Oral Roberts. Uh, yeah, he transferred in. Uh, I can't remember. That's my fault. I should have I should have pulled that up before I hit record. Uh, but he, he at least the last two years he has been a superstar for Oral Roberts, um, a, a team that was a thirty win team won the Horizon every single year they were down there. Um, so he's an absolute stud, according to On Three, the number two player in the transfer portal. This is the recruiting when we are waiting for Jerome Tang uh, to prove he can get. You know, he uh, found the hidden gem in Naquan Tomlin. He has had competitive uh, top 100 recruiting wins for high schoolers. Now he has a competitive five-star win for high schoolers. Uh, He's found the role players, and he's been the, hey, here's your perfect spot. Hold hold, hold a... Uh, scholarship open and grab Keontae Johnson. He's done just about everything you can do as a recruiter at K-State except for win a high-profile recruitment for a transfer player. Uh, hopefully he gets it done with Max Asmus. Now, one I'm feeling confident in, Tyler Perry coming from North Texas. He was the Conference USA Player of the Year. He was the NIT player of the tournament, another guy who can get buckets on buckets. It's another guy who is a superstar. I believe he's the number 20 player in the transfer portal. I think he was saying May 1st is going to be his commitment date. He's going to be on campus. He gets into town late on Monday. will be around until uh, Wednesday doing an official visit. I think we're going to get this one, folks. And it is going to be a competitive win if we can check that one off the box. He's uh, been talking to Florida, Ole Miss, Alabama was involved, Arkansas was involved. Again, a very uh, competitive recruitment for him. And all signs are pointing towards this should be one K-State gets done. That That's what all the you know Twitter insiders are saying. That's what a lot of the context clues are saying. I think we get Tyler Perry from North Texas, and I think this is going to be, uh, you know, that first recruit. I mean, well, hell, Asmus could be first. That's 50-50. I'm feeling very, very confident in Tyler Perry. Now, if you get him, hey, there is your uh, first guard. I think you need two guards. I think you need a wing. I think you need a big man. And and I, I think it's going to be a little bit of a reset at the wing uh, at the big, uh, there are a couple guys who we're involved with who play the five. There's maybe one or two guys who, who kind of play that wing spot that maybe Keontae played. Um, you know, I think Estrada could have played there. Um, but, you know, hey, it, it, there, there are still more players every single day entering the transfer portal. I'm not worried about it at all. 
I think that this team is going to be competitive, and then K-State is going to be at a minimum an NCAA tournament team next year. It's just a matter of, okay, can you find those guys in the portal who can play at that All-Big 12 level, play at that All-American level, uh, that, that, that can set you up to be a top four seed again in the NCAA tournament. Now, who's to say Tomlin doesn't become an All-American? Who's to say that none of those true freshmen, Rich, Day-Day Ames, and R.J. Jones, they could hit the ground running? I, I think the, the sky is going to be the limit for K-State basketball. And similar to this past year, I don't think we're going to truly have any idea what we have on our hands um, until right before Big 12 play. Quite frankly, I, I think it's going to probably take about that long until you can confidently say, all right, hey, we are uh, this caliber of team. Now, you have a much more competitive uh, you know, Thanksgiving week uh, tournament, um, so you're, you're going to get a little bit better taste a little bit early. Um, but again, I, I, I think the sky's going to be the limit of this team. I just want to see Jerome Tang get it across the finish line with some of these more high, uh, you know, high caliber, high profile transfer guys. If you were to grab Asmus, if you were to grab uh, Perry, I mean, look out, folks. I, I, I legitimately think you could uh, start having daydreams and start talking about, all right, hey, we're like one piece away from being a Big 12 uh, championship contender. Uh, and it's going to be another wild year in the Big 12 because uh, not only do you have the same 10 teams, but you're adding Houston to the mix. Uh, so that that's going to be wild. I, I'm not too worried about Cincinnati, BYU, or UCF next year, uh, but it's going to be a wild one. Uh, so stay tuned. Again, if anything too crazy happens, uh, we'll, we'll have a midweek show. Um, again, I'm working on having Clint Stewart uh, for the show next week, uh, but you, you guys know how it is when you uh, mention this stuff uh, on air. It doesn't always work out. I don't know, uh, but that's the plan. If not, hopefully we can talk about some uh, big transfer pickups next week regardless. Let's move into football because football had a big recruiting win themselves. And and again, I I think some of you might be saying, Scott, I mean, come on. Uh, Are we trying to compare something to a, you know, five-star recruit, you know, I'm going to tell you why you guys should be excited for it. But before I do, remember, Manhattan Brewing Company coming to Kansas City this week. First and foremost, make sure you're following Manhattan Brewing Company on all their social media handles. But they are coming to uh, uh, Bailey or Barley's, excuse me, Barley's in Overland Park on the 25th and Barley's in the Midland uh, on the 26th. Manhattan Brewing Company is going to be in the Kansas City Metro. Make sure you ask for it in your local liquor store. Um, Be polite, but be stern. Be polite, be stern. All right, um, the football recruiting win, and the reason why I want to talk about it is John Price. He is a a, a high three-star, so a guy who, if he were to have a big senior season, maybe could find himself on the four-star line. Uh, Currently the number two number three uh, prospect in the state of Kansas, depending on um, you know which recruiting site you want to look at. But he is a running back out of Blue Valley, Kansas, uh, Blue Valley High School, school in Kansas. And the reason why this is a big win 
not only the caliber of player he is when you look at his tape, when you look at his stats, when you look at how he performs. Look at the list of folks who came after him. Of course, KU, but again, I, I, I'm not worried about KU when it comes to recruiting an in-state kid. I, I'm not worried about it at all. But Iowa came hard after him. Minnesota came hard after him. And Oklahoma State came hard after him. I think he probably had a few more offers. I think Iowa State tried to get involved. I think Missouri tried to get involved. I think Nebraska tried to get involved. But this is a, uh, you know, kind of a who's who's offer list of some of the recruiting boogeymen when it comes to Kansas and Kansas City kids uh, and and getting them to come to K-State. Now, props to Bill Snyder. He started this and Chris Kleiman continued it. Uh, But K-State continues to have more kids on their roster from the state of Kansas than any other state and any other school with uh, Kansas kids, and it's not even close. Uh, I love that as a native Kansan. I love that as a K-State fan. Uh, And I I think it it says a lot about scouting. I think it says a lot about the walk-on program in most cases, about finding some of these kids, developing them, and turning them into contributors. Now, where K-State has struggled, they struggled uh, big time uh, under Bill Snyder. Uh, They struggled early on with Chris Kleiman. But it was grabbing some of these kids who were Kansas kids, who were high three stars, borderline four stars, and true four stars, the cream of the crop, the top kids in the state of Kansas. You know, going to be a recruitment to watch, uh, you know, all throughout the spring and summer into the fall. But with Price, they were able to lock this down even before the camp circuits. And, and you know what? Credit credit to credit to the kid. Um, you know, he, he Price could have gone out there and he, he could still hit the camp circuit. But it sounds like he's committed to K-State and he doesn't care about his recruiting ranking. He, he cares about not impressing in track and field type stuff in front of football scouts, but hey, truly getting better and getting ready for his senior season before coming to K-State. I think this is a massive pickup, um, and, and I love that it's a running back. Again, I, I think we're going to see this year uh, K-State can truly feature two backs and uh, be a place where multiple running backs can be in the conversation for all Big 12 on this, excuse me, on the same team. Um and I think if you're going to do that, I think think it is very important to bring in a guy of Price's caliber, one or two guys every single season. Now, why this is important, and while uh, and why this is kind of similar to what I talked about with Castillo, the type of guy that K State needs to be bringing in all throughout their recruiting classes year in year out, is you heard the names that we beat out for this kid. You heard the programs we went head-to-head and beat for this guy. Now, with football, when you're bringing in now uh, with high school kids, anywhere between 10 to 15 high school guys a year, um, you have a lot more room. You have a lot more space. So you're going to have more wins and more losses. But this is the caliber of player K-State needs to be bringing in up and down in their recruiting class to be a perennial Big 12 championship contender. 
Now, we, we've talked on the show about how no matter what the changes are in the landscape of college football, um, that is what I think K-State's goal should be. I think that is what K-State should recruit towards being the goal. And that is the thing K-State should focus on year in, year out. Building a roster that can win the Big 12 championship. Guys like John Price, guys of his pedigree, being able to stack up recruiting classes year after year that have that quality, that's going to set Chris Kleiman up to be a contender year in, year out for the Big 12. This is what is going to set this coaching staff up to be the big big dog in the new Big 12. I truly believe Chris Kleiman is the best head coach in the Big 12, bar none, right now. This is not a, oh, power rank everything, you know, in the new Big 12 without Oklahoma and Texas. No. I truly believe Chris Kleiman is a better head coach than Brent Venables, Sonny Dykes, you know, Sark, Steve Sarkeesian down at, at, at Texas. He's definitely a better coach than Lance Leipold. You know, I, I really like what Joey McGuire is doing down at Texas Tech. We'll see what sort of bounce back uh, Dave Aranda can have at uh, Baylor. Uh, you guys know my thoughts about Matt Campbell, and, and I think he's uh, an absolute fraud. And Mike Gundy, he, he, is, he is far past his prime. I think... Chris Kleiman is setting K-State up to be a contender year in, year out uh, in the Big 12 as is and in the new version. And this is the type of guy that he needs and his staff needs because this staff has a ton of continuity. This staff, I think, scouts talent better than anyone else. And I think they develop and get the most out of their talent better than anyone else. Now, Chris, uh, uh, Colin Klein's offense... Uh, there's still plenty of running. You know, th- there's still plenty of running. It's not going to be like a 70-30 split or anything like that. But having running backs that are capable of carrying the ball 15 to 20 times a game, grabbing a couple uh, passes like I think John Price can do, I think that is going to be so important in his offense and the continued development of this team. I-, I can't tell you folks how excited I am for John Price to be in the fold. Um credit for every in-state kid and basically any any kid you get at all you have to credit Taylor Bratt but getting an, uh, an in-state kid getting a kid to stay home with those type of offers Taylor Bratt you know the 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 best wildcat right now uh that that I can think of uh the one of the best Kansans I can think of Taylor Bratt spearheading things with all these in-state kids uh you got to give him credit as well it it, it really is setting up the 2024 recruiting class uh, to be a big one for K-State. Uh, spring practice is done. Um, I, I don't really care to have the you know the conversation about, oh, K-State not having spring game, not having an open practice, all that type of stuff. I don't care. I think spring games are stupid. You never can take anything tangible away from them. I understand some folks would like to get up there. Hey, you can get up to Manhattan and hang out in Manhattan uh, anytime you want. You, you don't need a spring game to go up there, get your buddies around, all that type of stuff. Now, if you want to, go up there. I get why some folks like it. I don't care. Uh, I think Chris Kleiman 
I think he needs to do whatever he wants. He, he, he talked about in his final uh, press conference of the spring that, hey, look, I don't want to do it because, hey, I don't want to play a lot of our stars uh, with experience. I don't want them doing content or contact. I don't want uh, fans coming in and, oh, hey, thinking they're going to get to see uh, all the superstars, but, hey, no, we're going to hold them out because there's no contact. Honestly, whatever Chris Kleiman wants to do, is fine by me when it comes to open practices, spring ball, any of that type of stuff. Um, I'm glad it sounds like we got through spring ball with no major injuries. Um, it sounds like really the offensive line is off and running. Sounds like the linebackers are looking really good. I'm excited. Uh, sadly, we're like, what? Holy crap. I mean, we're still four four months away. Oh my gosh, that sucks. That sucks so much. <laughs> We're still 25% of an entire year away. No, more. 33%. We're 33% of an entire year away from football still. Uh, that sucks. That sucks so much. Um, no, it sucks. It sucks. The offseason sucks. Uh, but luckily, both teams are uh, making some waves in the you know in, in the recruiting world, um, giving us fun stuff to talk about. Uh, the football team, I, I currently, at least by anything I track, it, it doesn't sound like they have a lot of spots open. The transfer portal is back open for departures uh, for football teams. Uh, if we do get a couple openings. Uh, Chris Kleiman said in his final press conference he's not anticipating anyone else leaving. Uh, but it, if anything does open up, I'd like to see, assuming uh, no stars leave, I, I don't think it'll happen, but if you do have some openings, I'm always in favor of bringing in more guys in the secondary. I think in the Big 12, I think in modern college uh, football, you can never have too many guys at safety or corner. Uh, so I would maybe like to see... Uh, another safety or another corner be brought in. Um, I think, uh, you know, maybe another defensive end, maybe another defensive tackle. Um, th- th- that's kind of maybe where I'd like to see it. I think we're, honestly, I think we're fine on offense. I, I don't have a desire. I don't have a feeling. I, I there's, there's no spot on the offense. I'm like, oh, we need to bring another guy in here. Uh, now, like an all um, all American caliber wide receiver popped up and we had a shot at him. Yeah, sure, bring him in. Uh, y- you know, but th- there's not really a spot on the offense where I'm like, oh man, may- maybe we need to bring this in. Uh, defense, I think we're locked in at linebacker, but again, if any spots open, safety, uh, defensive tackle, defensive end, cornerback, I think those are just spots that uh, I-, I like where. Our starters are going to be at. You just have a little bit of uh, uncertainty when it comes to the depth. Um, so we'll see what happens. Um, NFL draft happening, you know, about 15, 20 minutes away from me uh, here in Kansas City. Uh, right up the road from, uh, you know, the secret day job office, actually. I'll be watching at home. I have no desire to go stand out in a mass of humanity with 100,000 people or whatever they're predicting. Um, not really my thing. I'll be watching the draft. Uh, KCA fans should be watching the first round uh, very closely. D- even if you don't have an NFL allegiance, 
Uh, I think both Julius Brents and Felix Sanudike Uzama uh, could be, you know, anywhere after pick 15. I think either one of those guys could end up somewhere. Both of those guys uh, have taken visits uh, to NFL teams between 15 and 20. I think Felix is being mock draft anywhere between 20 and 45. Uh, same with Julius Brents. Julius Brents has had a meteoric rise uh, when it comes to uh, his draft stock. So he has a shot at being a first-round draft pick. So both of that, those guys are going to be on draft watch day one. If they don't go in the first round, I think they'll be very early day two picks. Um, Deuce Vaughn, I think he could go anywhere from the third round to the seventh round. I don't know what's going to happen with Deuce Vaughn. I think he's going to get drafted, and I think whoever gets him is going to be super happy. Uh, I I think the guy is going to have a five-plus-year NFL career, and I think he's going to make a franchise, and I think he's going to make a fan base very happy. I would love it. I would love for any of those guys to end up uh, on the Kansas City Chiefs. I don't think the Chiefs are going to use a draft pick early on a cornerback, so I'm not even going to think about Julius Brents. Uh, But I've seen mock drafts that have Felix going to the Chiefs in the first round at pick 31. If that happens, I might have to change my rule about buying uh, jerseys. Um, The last jersey I bought, uh, geez, was a World Baseball Classic Danny Duffy jersey. Um, I mean, it's been a long time, and and that's the first one I've I bought. Uh, gosh, I mean, since maybe middle school. Um, so I'm not a big jersey guy, but you know, a Felix and DK Uzama Chiefs jersey, I'd at least have to think about it, or I might get a you know a jersey. I think is what they call them. Um, same with Deuce Vaughn if he ends up a, a, with the Chiefs. If he ends up with the Chiefs like in a fourth or fifth round, I'd be elated. Um, when you get to day three of the NFL draft, anything can happen. Doesn't sound like Malik Knowles is going to go anywhere. It sounds like he's going to be a priority free agent type guy. Uh, I think Echo Boydo, uh, he tested really well at Pro Day. Can he get in, you know, as a day three pick somewhere? Uh, Coach Kleiman was talking about how a handful of NFL teams came in and worked Ty Zentner out at both kicker and punter. Uh, so does Ty Zentner get a call uh, during day three? Uh, Josh Hayes, does Josh Hayes get a call during day three? I don't know. I'll, I'll definitely be keeping an eye out uh, on day three um, because, you know, I think Deuce goes early in day three. Uh, and any of those guys could be going late day three. And then on Sunday, you'll be watching to see where those guys land, uh, you know, as free agents. Uh, we'll, we'll see if, if I do a draft recap podcast from a K-State perspective. I think next week, I think there's a good chance next week might be a two-show week. Uh, so, so stay tuned. Um, you know, I, I talked about wanting to take time off, pre-record a bunch of stuff, uh, and, and take a little break from the pod. But, you know, there, there's news, there's uh, timely topics. I mean, look, I who knows? I, I've pre-recorded a couple episodes, uh, so I'm sure that there might be a couple weeks where I'm able to take off. But, I mean, let's be real, folks. I enjoy talking about K-State sports, uh, and they're giving us a lot of fun stuff to talk about. So uh, we'll see. So it might be a two-show uh, week next week. Um, I want to end the show 
today uh, talking about uh, some sad news that, that came out last week, and that is the passing of Ernie Barrett, uh, Mr. K-State, uh, All-American basketball player, an assistant coach. Um, you know, he's part of multiple conference titles. He was the star player um, in our lone appearance in a basketball championship game. Uh, sadly, he was not able to play in that game uh, because of injuries sustained in the Final Four. If Ernie is able to play in that game, maybe we have a national championship. But the guy's an absolute legend. Um, he has a banner up in uh, Bramlage Coliseum. Uh, you know, he has a team Final Four. Of course, his number's retired. He has a statue out in front of Bramlage. Um, you know, drafted by the Celtics, uh, was part of a, a few Celtics teams that went to the uh, Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, he was an active duty military member in between the time he was uh, at K State and when he joined up with uh, w- with the Celtics. Um, he came back, like I said, assistant coach. Then he was an associate AD. Then he was the AD. Then he was part of the Ahern Fund. Uh, and, and the guy gave close to 70 years of his life in service to K-State and K-State Athletics. Um, it, it was sad to see the news come through. Um, Ernie lived a very full life, a very purple life. I, I, I think that it, it could be said that he's maybe the greatest Wildcat of all time. I, I think that he was the best Wildcat fan of all time. The passion and the amount of time, the, the years... Uh, that he put into uh, supporting and creating for K-State Athletics is second to none. Uh, I was lucky enough, while a student at K-State, on a handful of different opportunities, I think five or six different opportunities, um, I was able to be in his presence. I I was able to talk to him a few times, uh, you know, with some of the things I was involved with at K-State with K-State Athletics. Um, I, I was able to shake his hand on multiple occasions. I remember seeing him, uh, you know, in Bramlage Coliseum this year and saying, Mr. K-State, and, and, and I did shake his hand, I, I think, before the Oklahoma State game uh, this year. I think it was the Oklahoma State game or the West Virginia game. I can't, can't quite remember. Um, but the man is an absolute legend. Um, K-State is so much better off uh, for having Ernie Barrett uh being part of our lexicon, you know, the K-State family for so many years. And, uh, you know, it, it won't be the same. Legends weekend is not going to be uh, the same without seeing Ernie down there on the floor. Um, yeah, it, it's just not going to be the same. Uh, I, luckily, he has that statue. Luckily, his banner is up in the rafters. I'm hoping, I'm hoping it's not just basketball with like a little patch on their jersey i hope he's commemorated with a patch on on all the jerseys uh for basketball this upcoming year but i I hope football has a decal for him i hope all the sports kind of commemorate him with either a a patch a sticker or something uh because you know ernie was a a massive part of case athletics not just the basketball team for so long Uh, i hope he is honored uh for the entirety of this upcoming uh, athletic season starting with the football team, uh, you know, five months away, <laughs> four and a half months away. Uh, so that's that, that's it. Uh, kind of ending on a bummer, sure. 
Um, but again, Ernie Barrett, Mr. K State, one of the greatest Wildcats of all time, if not the greatest. So, uh, here's to you, uh, and, and thanks for everything you did for K State. Um, that's all we have, though. Remember, Manhattan Brewing Company coming to Kansas City this week. Got events in the Metro on Tuesday and Wednesday. Check them out and buy some Manhattan Brewing Company beer uh, in the Metro. If your local liquor store is not carrying it, be kind, but tell them, hey, you need to carry it. Uh, so for Chauncey Bosco, the best dog in the world, for all the boneheads, we love you guys, and go Cats. It's time to get set for the cat attack. You can feel the excitement. You can feel it coming on. For Kansas State, the feeling's growing strong. You can join in the action. This is where you want to be. With Kansas State, come on, set your spirit free. Kansas State, our pride is with the Podcast Network.